Time once again for instant analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 42-28 win over the LSU Tigers Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Alabama now very squarely in control of the SEC West. Still got a couple of league games coming up, both of those on the road next week at Kentucky. And then, of course, to cap the regular season on the Plains at Auburn, but a big hurdle cleared for Nick Saban's team in its return from a bye week. And fireworks aplenty, right? Through the first three quarters, really, neither defense had much of an answer for either team's quarterbacks. You had over 300 and 10 rushing yards for the two quarterbacks in this game. Both the guys were over 100 yards in the first half. Now, we knew LSU was pretty much decimated by injury, and even before some of the injury and inavailability for the Tigers, they hadn't been much against quality opposition. I know I said it throughout the week. I wasn't buying this LSU defensive improvement that we saw against the likes of Auburn and Army's offenses, I thought that this was going to be more of the LSU defense we saw going back to the games against Ole Miss and Missouri. It proved out to be that way, but tons of credit. Was this the Jalen Milrow game, or at least for now, the Jalen Milrow game? We went into this game thinking it would be Jaden Daniels' big Heisman opportunity, and I don't think the guy wasted it. In a lot of ways, it was a shame to see him have to leave the game, Daniels, after that big hit from Dallas Turner there early in the fourth quarter. There will certainly be no shortage of discussion about that hit. Frankly, I was surprised that it wasn't reviewed maybe to a a greater extent than it was. I'm sure they looked at it. They look at all of them, Uh, but perhaps take a little bit more of a view. Now, look, um, I I know there's going to be a lot of people out there talk about the hit as being just textbook targeting. What I saw was the initial blow more to the upper sternum, and Turner did have his eyes up. It wasn't like he launched with the crown of the helmet. That being said, the way the rule is translated, the way it is um, enforced these days, it's pretty subjective. Uh, And it certainly was a turning point. For LSU, although I will say Alabama had really turned the corner at that point, at that stage there uh, in the fourth quarter. Still a very tight game at that point, but it did feel like Alabama was starting to surge. And it felt like at that point, Alabama, at least three quarters into the game, finally had maybe um, more answers defensively than LSU had because LSU couldn't stop anything. You know, 11 of 14 for Alabama on third downs. And you talk about Milrow as a runner, as a passer. First Alabama quarterback with four rushing touchdowns in a game for Jalen Milrow. And you think about, you go back to some of the running games that Alabama had back in the day, especially under Paul Bear Bryant, those wishbone teams. Uh, And that's the place that Milrow takes with that performance on Saturday night. But the defense... Kind of a catastrophic end to a first half for a second straight game, kind of like Tennessee, right? LSU goes right down after Alabama takes the 21-14 lead, gets into the end zone when really just a tackle there inside the five. Alabama had had some injuries 
uh, right at about that point. Well, Jalen Key had gone out earlier in the game at the safety position. Terry and Arnold was forced to leave there for a bit uh, in the first half as well. So I thought Trey Amos, though, again, played pretty well. Uh, he, he wasn't a problem at corner when he was asked to step in. I thought Alabama was better off in its nickel in the second half, you know, when it could just go with Caleb Downs uh, and also uh, Malachi at the safety position opposite. And then your corners, Terry and Arnold, Trey Amos, and, uh, excuse me, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Trey Amos, and then play Terry and Arnold there um, at the star position. Nick talked about it in the post game too. It, it sounded like for uh, Jalen Key, uh, a quad, maybe a quad strain, quad pull. Um, and then Deontay Lawson also forced to leave. What a move that was by Jaden Daniels there. I guess that was what the third quarter. It, it was just a bad night. You know, if, if you ever want to play linebacker uh, in football, a game like tonight might make you second think that, especially against quarterbacks like this in the way they're able to run the football between Milrow um, and Jaden Daniels. Ultimately, though, Alabama gets it done, a balanced approach on offense. Uh, the backs did a really good job once again. Roydell Williams with a big a big boost there in the second half on some of those direct runs, the offensive line. Again, it felt like if one team was going to control the game down the stretch, even before the Daniels injury, it was going to be Alabama. Alabama's offensive line, Jaden Roberts continues to play at a nice level. Um, didn't hear much about Caden Proctor, did you, in the game Saturday night? Kind of take that as officiating uh, in, in games. If you don't hear or see much of the officials, you feel pretty good about it. Uh, but it was that kind of night for Caden Proctor, too. Uh, boy, Jalen just so decisive on the runs. Like the mix, once again, from Tommy Reese. We had talked about that earlier in the week on Thursday Night Tide, how we wanted to see a continuation of some of the stuff that we really saw as that Tennessee game moved along. Some interesting formations. And you had Kendrick Law in the backfield to open the game. Uh, you had Robbie Oots lining up in the backfield at times. Uh, it wasn't just running back centric back there with Jalen Milrow, but gave LSU a lot to think about. Ultimately, though, uh, the offensive line, the run game, Jalen Milrow, third down, uh, fourth down. If there was one thing you were looking for for Alabama defensively, uh, it was a big fourth down stop in the first half there to kind of give itself a chance to get on top. Uh, let that sort of get away from them late in the second quarter by giving up that touchdown. I know some people say, you know, you got to be more aware of time and look, it's it's a 14-14 game. You're trying to score. You know, if guys step out of bounds, you, know, you score with a minute left in the half. And I know Jaden Daniels and that offense is otherworldly, okay? You, you, you just score. You, you At that point, you're just trying to get in the end zone. Defense got to do a better job. And Nick talked about it. It didn't really matter what Alabama threw at Jaden Daniels in the first half. Tried to spy him, tried to pattern match, and when they did that, they got ran out of there a uh, couple times. Even just a little bit out of the pass rush lanes, you were going to have an issue because Daniels can just punish you on those, uh, which is what most of it was. It really wasn't the design quarterback runs. Uh, it was the improv, improv work that he was able to do 
and then I thought Alabama in the second half defensively would bring more five, maybe even six, because the first sack of the game when Alabama did get home on Jaden Daniels, that was a five-man pressure, and they did a good job of really plugging up the interior rush lanes where he maybe wanted to try to step up and go. Remember that sack, Justin Aboigby, I think Deontay was there uh, with him as well on that. And and at that point, you know, they were giving up such chunks in the first half trying to play the way that they played. You might as well bring one of those guys or bring five or try to get to Daniels that way, force him into some things that way. And I also thought a big key going into this game was making sure Logan Diggs and the other backs to go along with Daniels didn't kill you. Now, Josh Williams, he's still a bit of a problem for Alabama, it seems like. Alabama struggles to tackle Josh Williams, going back to last year's game in Baton Rouge, but did a good job for the most part. I thought Alabama, too, in the game, uh, offensively, when it did get put behind the sticks or off schedule a little bit because of penalty, overcame those situations a great deal better. I mean, you could essentially look at this game as a couple of possessions for LSU where they got hit with some penalties. Some of that crowd-related, by the way. So if you were at Bryant-Denny Stadium Saturday night, good job. Nick Saban also in his post-game press conference uh, wanted to get that message out there to the fan base. Some of the pre-snap penalties, you had the big hold on the one Daniel scramble there in the third quarter. And I was a little concerned at the end of it because it looked like Malachi might get hit with a late hit over on the LSU sideline. But I think he pulled up just enough um, to prevent that from happening. But instead of LSU on the move again, now it's second and 17. That changes things a great deal, even for an offense like that. So there you go. Exciting night. We expected some fireworks. I thought it would be Alabama winning the game somewhere in the mid-30s. Mid-30s would have been enough, but just to make sure, 42 points for the Crimson side uh, in its latest SEC win. Let's check in with some of your comments here. Luke Buckley, Milrose ceiling just got even higher. You know, I, I'm not saying he's going to jump right into the Heisman race after that performance, but when you want to talk about the big stage and coming through at a high, high level, that was definitely Jalen Milrow. He got some help. Uh, the guys around him were good. The wide receivers were good once again. Um, protection was pretty good throughout the game. Uh, Tommy Reese continues to evolve along with Jalen Milrow. Uh, good stuff. I mean, when third down, you're as successful as that is. And again, the decisiveness of Jalen Milrow, both on the designed and extended plays where he utilized his legs. He kind of had a performance that was one of those, hey, what about me? You guys are talking about Jaden Daniels and his legs. And well, we should have because it played out that way through pretty much three quarters Saturday night. Uh, but Jalen Milrow definitely uh, doing some good stuff as well. Hey, we've got more uh, fans checking in here. Our, our guy, Tex Titer. Howdy, Travis. Howdy, Tex. It's been a good week for Tex Titer. His Rangers won the World Series, and now his Alabama Crimson Tide gets a win over uh, the LSU Tigers in a big one. Let's see here. Luke Fleischer checking in finally more quarterback runs with Milrow 
Yeah, Alabama was aggressive with it. I liked it uh, on, on some of the first down plays didn't really mess around, get into second and eight. And then now let's try to run the quarterback. Uh, that first touchdown was off of zone read type of keep action. Uh, and Jalen was, was able to get the job done. Sully four, six, two here, that pick and the points off that helped. No doubt. Uh, the deflection by Dallas Turner and then Terion's in the right place to secure that pick. And that's what this game was going to come down to. And credit to Alabama, you know, took care of the football once again. Some of those runs by Jalen, you know, those are balls that maybe earlier in the season he throws against Texas, and the coverage is not dictating that the, the, those throws are open. Um, and so he, he took what he needed to take, uh, ran when he needed to run, and you figured it would come down to a couple of stops here or there. I think Alabama finished the game with four straight stops. And yes, Garrett Nussmeyer was in there for Daniels on a couple of possessions, but Nussmeyer's a guy LSU has a lot of confidence in. When he came into the game, I didn't think it was going to be, oh, you're going to have to maybe hand it off a couple times. No, I, I figured that uh, Nussmeyer would come in throwing the the football, no doubt. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the pick was huge. Uh, the defense there, uh, after giving up the touchdown early in the second half, that wasn't exactly confidence inspiring but um they hung in there they hung in there yeah that was tough for Lawson I think he tried to come back in even after after that and Nick did say in the post game that he thought it was an ankle for Deontay Lawson uh we know he's already dealt with a lower extremity deal this season and so with Deontay out you come in with Trez Marshall to go along with Jihad Campbell you know and it's tough. You think about, I said it earlier, I would not have wanted to be an inside linebacker in this game for either team trying to deal with this quarterback running back dynamic. And these guys can fly and Daniels can make you miss. Um, but for Alabama, you think about their three primary inside linebackers in the game tonight, Lawson, Campbell, Marshall, none of those guys really, none saw Jaden Daniels last year in Baton Rouge. De uh, Deontay didn't play in the game. So I'm sure that was a bit of an eye-opener, trying to deal with that guy in the open field and uh, take care of everything else uh, that you had to, to deal with. Uh, yeah, Paul Witt, my pal, checking in. And it was a long delay for Daniels being down. Who is to say they didn't review it during the five-minute delay. That's true, too, Paul. And I, I you know they did. I mean, you know they looked at it. So um, I'm sure there'll be an explanation forthcoming. Uh, I said it earlier. Uh, I can see why it, it wasn't called, um, but it is still very subjective. I, I've seen similar plays called that way and some not. I've seen Bryce Young at Tennessee last year take a shot probably more egregious than that one and um and it didn't go called in Knoxville it it, it, it didn't even it went to review and it didn't get called so uh it, it's a subjective situation um it's one of those we'll never know again though I, I felt like Alabama had turned a corner especially after the interception and you know kind of getting on top and in a situation where it, it had a little bit of a lead, but uh, 
we won't ever know for sure. I, I give Jaden Daniels a lot of credit, though, man. That guy is, uh, he's the real deal. Donnie Walker checking in here. Reese has been killing it. Milrow much improved. I think Jalen uh, has absolutely improved, but I, I think the guys around him have improved, too. You know, I think more and more that offensive line and that run game is resembling something that we expected really from the outset of the season. And when you want to try to control games, especially in one like this, you know, Alabama took 11 minutes off the fourth quarter clock tonight. That's that's what I think we all envision Alabama being able to do really regardless of the opponent. So uh, it's uh, – it's very promising, not just from Jalen's perspective, although that's obviously critical. The wide receivers continue to do a good job. The backs, uh, you're seeing guys like Jam Miller when they're getting more opportunities now prove trustworthy, not only in the way of what they do with the ball in their hands, but you saw Jam with a nice blitz pickup in the first half. Those are the kind of things that are going to get more backs on the field. Uh, but Roy Dell. And love these veteran backs like Jason Roydell, man. They don't they don't uh, become uh, disengaged if they go a quarter or two without a touch. You know, you can go to Roydell Williams in the third quarter and not really use him for a couple quarters. And this is a mature enough guy that when he gets in there, he's going to make a difference for sure. Dennis Nunez, Will has his worst day on the right day this time. That's just luck because those kicks could have been big. Yeah, you know, in a 14-point game there in the fourth quarter, and it's fourth and one, if you don't believe in Will Reichard, which you absolutely should, considering he had made 28 straight field goals coming into tonight's game, and he now has, what, 500 points in his career? Um that tells you because a lot of teams in fourth and one up 14 at that spot probably go for it to end the game that way. It was a game ending situation right there. If he makes the field goal, it's over. It's a three score game. Game's over. Uh, but he didn't. He missed two. And that's something you don't expect from Will Reichard. And you're right. It's a game in which you thought maybe he could be the determining factor late. Uh, fortunately for Alabama, it didn't come down to that. And, uh, if you're an Alabama fan, you're thinking, yeah, just go ahead and get all of those out, uh, while you can. Donald Andrews checking in here on the program. Roll Tide, great job. And seeing the team improve is exciting. Defense has stepped up in the second half. No doubt about that. Whether you're talking about Ole Miss, whether you're talking about Tennessee a couple Saturdays ago, and certainly, uh, in those last four or five possessions for LSU tonight, the defense uh, did a good job. Did a good job, no doubt about it. What else do we have here? Terry Marsh. I didn't hear Braswell's name much. You know, I thought it was one of those games, too, for Alabama because LSU's run game is legit. I mean, Logan Diggs came into this game averaging around 95 yards per game in SEC play. You kind of had to make a choice in your fronts. You know, we did see a pretty good bit of Braswell and Turner together in the game as it wore on, even from Alabama's nickel package, especially once it got ahead. But, 
you know, LSU, because it can legitimately run the football, you got to play with some bigger fronts. Now, you pay for that when you don't have enough speed on the field, and Daniel starts doing his thing. But Justin Aboyby, I thought, was really good once again. You know, you looked up at the half, and Justin Aboyby had six tackles. He's a defensive lineman. The next closest guy had three for the Alabama defense. So Aboyby was good. Um, Keenan, Otis, uh, Smith, Damon Payne. Saw James Smith in there later in the game, especially in some more pass rush type stuff. Jamarian Latham, uh, also more on a situational basis. So uh, on early downs, you had to go with a little more size. And as we talked about during the week, a big difference between LSU and Tennessee was that LSU wasn't going to tempo you uh, in a way in which you couldn't sub. So you were afforded the opportunity. You wanted to go bigger in your nickel, which you knew it was going to be pretty much almost exclusively a nickel night for the defense. You could do that with three defensive linemen on early downs, run downs, and then you could kind of uh, transition from there. Tennyson Lane checking in, plus one on the Caleb praise. Yeah, uh, Caleb Downs uh, continues to play at a nice level, especially uh, as, a, as a true freshman. And the experience you get from this uh, for him is invaluable, really, this defense in general. And look, you know, this is more the Alabama team, not just the offense, uh but defensively, too, you think about what's left for Alabama now, right? And it always starts, for me, with the matchup with the opposing quarterback. And is there a guy that's dynamic enough to Johnny Manzelia, to Joe Burrow you, to do those type of things that we've seen quarterbacks do? It, it hasn't always been Steven Garcia and Bo Wallace, who's gotten it done against Alabama. There's been some damn good quarterbacks do it. Good quarter uh, college quarterbacks um, do it. Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. Maybe you've heard of those guys. Um, but when I look at the quarterbacks left on the schedule, I guess Devin Leary has played better the last couple of games, uh, and that passing game has been better. I didn't really see much of Kentucky-Mississippi State tonight, as you might guess. I was kind of tuned into the – to the game on CBS. Um, you know, that's coming up next week. And Kentucky does have some legitimate wide receivers to go along with Leary. So, uh, but Leary's not going to hurt you with his legs like this guy tonight. And really, no one else on the schedule is. Even if you start thinking too far ahead, you got to split one of these last two to guarantee that you make it to Atlanta. All right. I, I, I think we kind of expect that to be the case between Kentucky and Auburn. But you think about even if you get to Georgia in the SEC championship game, Carson Beck's been really good, man. And Georgia is sort of growing as an offense too, uh, in terms of the m- multiplicity of options that they have to work with. I mean, they hit the, the, the portal for love it. Um, Ra Ra Thomas to go along with the guys they already have. We'll see about Brock Bowers and whether or not he's good to go uh, in early December. Uh, and Carson Beck's capable. There's no doubt about it, but he's another guy. He's athletic enough 
Uh, but he's not a, a guy like Jaden Daniels, that's for sure. What else do we got here? Paul Witt checking back in. Kendrick Law brings something extra when he's in the game. Reminds me of the Ardarius Stewart days. Fearless. Yeah. He brings some physicality and, you know, you can do some different things with him. He, I like the physical aspect of it, but I, I think sometimes we lose sight of this guy can run. Like he's got really good speed. He's twitchy. Uh, he doesn't have the prototype wide receiver build. I know Debo Samuel is the comp that a lot of people have made with Kendrick Law, but I, I just think, as you're kind of pointing to Paul with Ardarius and what he did when he played the position for Alabama, it's not just with what he can do with the ball in his hands. I like Kendrick out there because he'll block, he'll make plays on special teams. Um, it's uh, it's it, it's good to see with Kendrick, and and I like the way Tommy and the staff has incorporated him as sort of a utility offensive player, not just a, a Z receiver. And, and we're really in an era, too, of positionless wide receivers. You know, you, you, you'll see, number one, you've been seeing number one receivers like Malik Neighbors or uh, Evan Stewart or these other guys. You'll see them work out of the slot. They're not just X's that are out wide, and, and that's it. I mean, Offensive coordinators have figured out for a while now to get your number one inside. A lot of times you can get him matched up on a nickel and you're going to like that matchup more times than not. Sully, Sully 462, I don't, he says, just read that Brian Kelly said in his presser that the officials told him they did review the hit on Daniels, but didn't feel it was targeting. Yeah, as we talked about, um, it, it kind of is what it is. I mean, there was obviously plenty of time to review the hit. Frank Nissy, they let Jalen run. He was untethered from the pocket. Thank God the kid is a thoroughbred. You know, I don't know if they've tried to tether uh, Jalen to the pocket. I think some of it is, and you've heard Jalen talk about it. Um, he is much more focused in terms of his individual improvement on his passing acumen. And I think we can all agree that's the area where he's had to make up the most ground or cover the most ground in his development, going back even to his high school days. As he has said, he knows he can run, but I did like that in a game of this magnitude, you weren't going to leave the stadium wondering, man, I wonder what the Alabama offense could have done tonight if Jalen either had more runs called and or was more decisive about running. I, I just think the decisiveness on his runs uh, was 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 very encouraging. Very, very encouraging. Let's see what else we got here. <laughs> Things we don't like to talk about checks in. The defensive backs for LSU got worse as the game went on. It, it was going to be rough for LSU on the back end um, with the situation that they're dealing with right now with the unavailability, not just injury-related either. But, you know, it's kind of that thing, too, when you go to the transfer portal, as much as LSU has gone there, and obviously the Greg Brooks Jr. situation is, 
it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, it's it's very uh, very sad in a lot of ways what he's dealing with and and they've had to deal with as a program. Um, but yeah, I mean LSU uh, wasn't going to wasn't going to get a lot of stops if it came down to the back end of that defense. Philip Thomas, uh, the LSU defensive line looked really bad as well. Well, Makai Wingo, we knew was going to be out of the game. I I agree to an extent, but again, I, I think the Alabama offensive line, you don't want to shortchange that group. You know, if you're an Alabama fan, uh, you, you want to look at it like, boy, this offensive line continues to ramp up and you start thinking about some of the matchups you still got coming. Uh, there couldn't be a better time for it. The insertion of Jaden Roberts at right guard, um, Seth McLaughlin for the better part of the game uh, was good. Was good. The shotgun snaps were good for the most part. Um, the pre-snap penalties were okay throughout the game. Um, again, we didn't talk a lot on the roundtable in our game thread about Caden Proctor really all that much. I think Tommy continues to do some things to try to help him. You saw C.J. Dupree, I think it was, in the first quarter before he caught uh, a ball on a third down that he turned into a first down, kind of motioned in, kind of checked Harold Perkins or one of the LSU edge guys and uh, was able to was able to, to kind of give – Caden Proctor, just a little bit of a help there. So that was good to see. I, you know, I said earlier in the week, LSU kind of utilized Harold Perkins the way I think if you're an Alabama fan, you'd want LSU to utilize him. I know that he had a sack, I guess, in the first quarter, but that wasn't just a, a straight up win in pass rush mode. You know, that there was protection there. Caden was fine. Um, just didn't have anybody open and Jalen took his eyes down there a little bit as he's typically going to do that. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it early in the game. Um, but he's gotten a lot better about bridging the gap in terms of the time it takes for him to kind of get up to speed on some of that stuff and not do it. Um, and so I didn't really put that sack on, uh, on Caden, but defensively, yeah, Caleb Downs with 13 tackles, a ton of those in the second half, because I think he had three in the first half, nine solos, 13 total. A boy be with all six of his tackles in the uh, in the first half. Terry and Arnold, five tackles, got dinged a little bit there, came back on, had the interception, a couple of pass breakups. And Nick talked about it in the postgame, kind of challenged those corners, which you thought they might end up having to do to kind of deal with with uh, Daniels and his legs, you might have to play some more man coverage uh, on the back end and commit an extra guy either via pass rush or just keeping him there in the box to try to contain Daniels a little bit better. Dallas with four tackles, uh, that pass breakup on the interception was a smart play there. Kind of figured he wasn't going to get there and uh, sat down and, and, just waited on Daniels to to deliver the football and was able to to deflect it. Trey Amos, three tackles, solid performance once again for the Louisiana transfer, all three of those solos. I thought Malachi Moore did some really good things. I know the post early in the game, uh, he was involved in that, but 
that was safety over the top issues. Nick confirmed that in the post game. Felt like uh, maybe Jalen Key got caught uh, concerning himself. And again, it's that it's that conflict you're in because of Daniel's legs. He hits you for a couple of runs, and now if you're one of these safeties, you're thinking this guy breaks. If this guy even looks like he might break the pocket, I got to come up and help support that. And then the next thing you know, you got a post to Malik Neighbors running behind you. So that was an issue there. Jihad Campbell, three tackles. A lot of guys with three tackles. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry caught punts. You probably like that, right? You didn't like the Will Reichard misses on the field goals, but uh, Kool-Aid kind of quelled that talk for another week anyway. Christian Story had one solo tackle. Kind of a tough end of the half there for Christian. And I understand, man, again, the bind that Daniels puts you in, but uh, had his back to the play a little bit there on that long Daniels run. That's a tough spot to be in. And then he goes for the PBU or the the interception there inside 15 seconds uh, that ends up going for the touchdown to Lacey. And that felt, that felt hurtful if you're an Alabama fan, I'm guessing. Because you had really done a lot of good work in that first half and you look up and now it's 21 all, and LSU gets the ball coming out. And LSU takes the lead 28-21 there in the third quarter. But the Crimson Tide runs off 21 straight to get the job done by 14. What else do we have here, gang? I'm not worried about staying up too late tonight. You've got uh, you're setting your clocks back tonight. You got an extra hour. You got an extra hour. Yeah, I agree, RM. RM checks in, says the beauty of this team is this late in the season, they are still improving game to game. Yeah, it, it's come in drips and drabs at times. And I think a lot of us felt like by the time probably October rolled around, we would see more dramatic type of steps being taken. But they've been good enough to win games and good enough to keep themselves in position that when – the bigger stride started to come. Uh, they still have everything on the table for them. So I would say maybe it's happened a little bit later or, or not as sort of consistently as, as you thought it might have, but here they are. Here they are in mid-November with everything on the table. We're not going to talk too much about Georgia. I know there's some comments in here and I I, I kind of opened that I kind of opened that door a little bit earlier, but I was talking more about just upcoming opponents uh, in general. Gerald Vickery talking some more Alabama defense. Second half D only gave up seven points and 140 total yards. Bama offense played all night. Um, 20 under LSU's average. Uh, Alabama will not see another offense like this over the last three weeks. No. No, Alabama will not see another offense like this because Alabama, first and foremost, won't see another Jaden Daniels. Um, again, Larry, solid. Uh, Peyton Thorne has is is, is played better for Auburn. Auburn seems, Auburn, what I've seen anyway, seems more in tune with who they are on offense. Jarquez Hunter is still 
the key to that offense. I mean, we can talk about quarterback play and the passing game uh, improving for Auburn. Uh, but Hunter is the dude right now for Auburn. And he, he was good against Alabama. Um, he was good against Alabama and Tuscaloosa a year ago. So uh, there you go. The Alabama Crimson Tide gets it done. You know what else? You got basketball coming up Monday night. Coleman Coliseum. It's that time of year. Hard to beat it. You get the hoops going to go along with the football, but especially when your football team is right there in the mix for championships. A year ago at this time, 300 and this is 364 days after the loss in Baton Rouge a year ago, and you're thinking, is this team going to show up in Oxford next week? And to their credit, they did. Went to Oxford, got the win. What about Lane squeezing one out against uh, A&M on Saturday? And we'll see. We'll see if Lane's got something for Georgia. I don't think so. I didn't think Missouri would have anything for Georgia either, and that ended up being a fourth-quarter game. So credit to Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, and that Missouri team for making that interesting. And boy, how about Arkansas getting its first SEC win? Kind of thought Arkansas might go over in the league. Although, as we saw in Tuscaloosa, Arkansas's played teams in the SEC tough. Uh, just come up a little bit short, but uh, got the Gators in the swamp earlier on Saturday. So some interesting stuff. I got the, I've got right now, I've got the three box thing up on the YouTube TV. So I've got uh, Colorado, Oregon state, Colorado down 14 to three. I wonder if prime's going to demote another offensive coordinator after this one. And then you've got, uh, you got that pack 12 after dark. Hey, Paul, I, I, I appreciate that, man. It was a good day. The uh, the daughter and uh, her Hawaii football team got the win out in Reno earlier. Had to watch that one on my telephone, you know. Those uh, those Mountain West sort of secondary games, you gotta you, you almost have to have the old satellite dish, you know, or the Direct TV card, you know, that illegal Direct TV card that everybody had satellite cards that people had uh, back in the day, yeah. Those things. It's been a lot of fun catching up. We're going to have uh, all kinds of coverage continuing for you right there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, and myself from the team perspective. A huge recruiting weekend in Tuscaloosa, as you might expect. I would think the reviews will be glowing following that atmosphere and that level of excitement. Electric, for sure. Uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, Joseph Hastings, going to have updates galore in the next few days right there with us at BamaOnline.com. And again, we're starting to get into some hoops, so we'll have that covered for you as well. Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us. Hey, we'll have Second Watch. Do that on YouTube where I go through and check in on some plays from the the previous game. So we'll be doing that for LSU on Sunday. We'll see it probably be a Sunday afternoon drop, maybe early evening for that one with the, with the later finish to the game on Saturday night. I know no excuses, right? I just said we're 
setting the clocks back an hour. Well, why, why do I have excuses all of a sudden for myself? You know, we like to do that when it benefits ourselves, right? But we'll have all that for you at BamaOnline.com. You need to hang out with us on the round table. That's our premium message board at Bama Online. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel and you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button right now. Also turn on those notifications. We got a ton of video content these days. It's all right there on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. And with that notifications turned on, you will be aware first when that content hits from the video side of things. Travis Schreier, telling you once again, thank you. Look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Until next time, so long, everybody.